Hello, Kings fans, and welcome to Kings Talk, presented by Cap City Crown. This is Tony. With me, as always, we have John. Um, as we speak right now, the Kings have not yet, not yet clinched a playoff berth. This could, however, be wrong by the morning. Um, we are recording this on Tuesday evening, so the Kings do have a chance to clinch tonight with a Warriors loss. But as of right now, we do not know, and I'm not going to try to predict the future and have this podcast just be totally wrong. But let's, uh, I guess let's hope the Warriors lose tonight. It would have been super nice for the Kings to win on Monday. What, like That was their opportunity right there to win at home. In front of the fans to clinch a playoff berth, the Suns won. If the Suns lost before the Kings won, they would have clinched and it kind of would have been a little lame, I think. Like, man, the, King, the Suns won. Like, here you go, Kings. Just win the game. Clinch a playoff berth in front of your fans. Unfortunately, they couldn't take down Minnesota. This team has done a pretty good job through this period kind of focusing on their own business. So it was a shame that they couldn't just take care of business. We don't know if they're going to clinch tonight or the next night. We don't know how or when, but we know it's going to happen. So it just seems kind of sad that they couldn't do it in front of their home crowd, as raucous as they were. I mean, you know, Tony, uh, you saw, was it the last playoff game at, uh, or at least the last series in Sacramento? It, I, I, yeah, I, I saw the last series ever at Arco Arena. Um, I was at that Kevin Martin buzzer beater game against the Spurs back in 2006. Probably one of my best sports memories ever. The arena was absolutely electric. I believe the Kings won the next game. I don't remember if that was at home or on the road. I want to say they. I think I want to say I was at game three. So I believe they tied the series up to to a piece, and they lost the next two. So I wasn't at the last Kings home playoff game. But I was definitely at one of the last playoff games in Sacramento Kings history, which is crazy because I was nine years old and I am now 26, <laughs> which is honestly insane how long ago that was. I can't believe it's been that long. It was fun, though, man. I mean, Arco was so loud. Um, and I can't wait for the Golden One Center to have their first playoff game and really feel that atmosphere. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know for, for a fact, but I'm pretty sure the Kings will have home court advantage in at least the first playoff series. I think they're mm-hmm. trying to clinch a top four seed here. Um, if they had won on Monday, they would have clinched a top four spot, which would have clinched a home court advantage spot. Obviously the top four teams get a fir- home court advantage in the first round. I don't know. I'm assuming, I mean, if they, if, if they won on Monday and they were going to clinch a top four spot, I'm assuming they'll probably have a top four spot. I mean, like, let's just look at the the standings. I mean, there's it, it, there's little way to convince me that the Kings are anywhere other than the third spot because they're two and a half behind Memphis, and then they're five ahead of Phoenix and fourth. So yeah, they are going to have that top four spot, and it's probably going to be the third spot. But yeah, it'd be kind of lame to have clinched it on an off night. It just you know, no one's out or anything, or even watching it. So. But yeah, you definitely wanted to clinch it at home. They had the opportunity. Yeah, Minnesota's a good team, but you're at full strength. They didn't have Carl Anthony Towns. It was the second night of a back-to-back for them, and you still lose to them. Yeah, Minnesota's hungry. They're trying to, you know, they're in the sixth spot now, but still kind of on that cusp of the plane and whatnot. So, but still, they they should have won that game. They should have been a lot more amped up to win it as well. Kind of moving on to that game was the the uh, unfortunate. Uh 
matchup against a long team that, uh, like we were talking about last week, was just able to keep the Kings out of their, their groove the way they like to play, which is picking up the pace off of stops, and they just couldn't get stops. Uh, outside of the second quarter, they could not run the fast break and get out and push the ball. And you're talking about a situation where there's a task at hand, and the Kings failed to bring the necessary physicality and activity on defense to play the way that they want to play. And they allowed the length of Minnesota to disrupt them. And worse, they allowed Minnesota to get off to a really good start and allowed like their fourth scorer in Jaden McDaniels to get really comfortable. Is that something that kind of makes you think will instill in them uh, something to learn from this? Of course, there's always a way to learn from any game, whether it's a win or a loss. Or are you looking at that game and feeling seriously concerned about what's going to happen in the playoffs? And especially knowing that as it stands now, I think if the playoffs started right this very instant as of us recording, the Kings would play the Timberwolves in the first round. Yeah, and it is interesting. I mean, it was a playoff crowd for sure. I don't know if you'd call it a playoff atmosphere, like bully, just because I wouldn't say it was like a must-win game. Like, yeah, it would have been super nice to do it in front of your, your fans and stuff, but um, I'm not concerned in that sense where they like, couldn't handle a playoff atmosphere. I mean, I think we've had more playoff atmosphere games, like that Clippers game um, where they scored 100 and whatever points, right? But, I mean, it is an interesting point that it, it, that game was against Minnesota because at this point, yeah, they would play Minnesota. Um, and even without Carl Anthony Towns, they, they lost. And Minnesota's kind of given the Kings problems all season long. I think they went, what, one and three against them this year in the season series. So Minnesota clearly matches up with them. Well, I think we had this question last week, and I don't even think we said Minnesota, but you asked, like, what Western Conference teams would give the Kings trouble? And Minnesota's right there. They have that length, and that was kind of one of the factors we were saying last week that the Kings have trouble with. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping we don't (laughs) play Minnesota in the first round. Um, Minnesota is kind of on the cusp. They could be the sixth seed. Maybe they won't. It, it's so tight at the bottom of the Western Conference standings for the playoffs. Um, anything can happen, really. But as of right now, they would pose a problem in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, it sucked losing to them on Monday night and three times in the regular season. I think it will be a little different in the playoffs. Um, I think the Kings will play a little harder, even with Monday's you know playoff atmosphere in the Golden 1 Center, if you even want to call it that. I guess we'll just see. We'll, we'll see come the playoffs. Yeah. They will be, they will be tough, though. That's, they're a good team. I mean, to be, to be fair to our conversation last week, we, I think we did mention Minnesota, but I also think we mentioned like 11 or 12 teams in the Western Conference. <laughs> so yeah, you were, know, the, the Trailblazers. We, well, it probably Houston. But yeah. <laughs> I think we probably mentioned every team except Houston, Portland, and San Antonio. Um, yeah, probably, it wasn't honestly, the probably. most it wasn't the most focused conversation, but uh, we did mention Minnesota. Um, yes, you're right. But uh, you know, Mike Brown afterwards, you know, he didn't get asked about playing Alex Len, but it was very clear that they played Alex Len to kind of bolster the physicality and kind of just get a different look to match the size that uh, Minnesota has. But he mentioned after the game that you know, if you recall, the one time they beat Minnesota this season. They were allowed to play small because Trey Lyles was really hitting it from deep in that game. And the only reason they won, they won in overtime. It wasn't even in regulation. Yeah, you're right. 
The Kings can obviously learn from this like any game. Uh, maybe if they play Minnesota, they maybe want to try to go small because uh, it didn't is is decent and as adequate as Alex Len looked. He's not like changing the game, and he's not even making it seem like he's going to be the backup center. Nowhere close to that. But the question is, like, is that something you can rely on going small? Um, I didn't. You know, necessarily hate Alex Lynn's minutes on Monday. I thought he was a good matchup for Gobert um, and as a backup for uh, Sabonis in that position, just like he probably would be against Jokic against Denver. I kind of like Lynn out there against the bigger bodies more so than Matu. But then you get you bring up a good point too, where Lyles was that backup five in the that overtime period against Minnesota, where he was knocking down threes and kind of made Gobert. Not useless as a defender, but kind of because he had to play off, uh, you know, away from the paint, which he's not used to, and Miles made him pay for it. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you want to go small if you can, but that relies on Miles being able to knock down shots, right? L- reliable Miles, will he be reliable <laughs> in that situation? And so it doesn't go- hurt to go big in that sense, but Lynn is definitely that backup center big where. He can only go against those bigger guys and guys he can keep up with on the floor. Yeah, he's not, I mean, Gobert and, I don't know if you, probably Jokic probably isn't faster than him. But um, then you have Metu for maybe those smaller guys inside. I don't know, I kind of just like Lyles as a backup five, really. Then it's like, who's your backup four? And just all these questions arise. It's just a mess. They need a backup five. The playoffs is just going to, it's going to shrink the rotation down, I would imagine. Um, Oh, it has to. And you're looking at a situation where you really only want to play your eight or nine best players. Thinking about the playoffs, it's just like they're gonna have to go small. I do think Lynn played well. Like, just to give Lynn credit, I I was questioning whether Lynn even belongs in the league at the All Star break. Crucify me for that, jeez. But um, he <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he clearly he clearly has some value in terms of the fact that like yeah, he's a traditional shot blocker, but his two blocks. In the both came in the fourth quarter. If you go back and watch those, take away the fact that he blocked the ball. It was just really nice uh, retreat backpedal and then being able to go up vertical and just using his seven-footer status to disrupt shots, and he just happened to get a hand on both of them. Um, I think he, he, he played well in that regard. I think he got an early foul, but other than that, he was pretty solid. I think he only had one foul. Um, obviously, an uh, imposing presence. The issue becomes, once you put Len out there, you're kind of conceding that you're going to play the other team's game. And I don't think that mm-hmm. really, that's not a good thing. Like, Len gave you a chance, but this is why I think it's so important that Chemezi Metu play well. And that sounds silly because he's not really the most reliable option as a backup five or let alone an NBA player at times. But, you know, he's shown a lot this season. And part of that, and I guess maybe the best way of looking at it, is that he kind of allows the Kings to play the way they want to play. He runs the floor really well. He's not a terrible defender in terms of kind of doing the types of things that Mike Brown wants to do. Uh, He at least seems intent on doing the right things and has the athleticism and enough kind of verticality and length to, you know, follow through with that. Um, And kind of talking about that, running the floor thing that becomes really good in the second unit uh, amongst those guys. And I just think that 
when he's playing his best and when he's actually fulfilling that backup five role, he's got the team kind of in a good place rotationally. Now, it gets sticky in terms of his reliability, especially when it comes to the playoffs. I mean... Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It'll be interesting (laughs) to see what Brown does. I mean, like, the best option... I'm not saying the best option, but, like, you would think Lyles, because he's your best player as that backup five. Not Maybe not your best player as a backup five, but he's your best player out of Metu and Lin. Do you think you'd have him out there? But then, I don't know, I just... It's confusing. I I think we'll see Metu in the playoffs. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. He's like not playing now. Based again, it's like based on matchups. Because if the Kings play the Warriors in the first round, I think damn for sure you're going to see Metu. Because That's Metu true. had his he got himself on the map rotationally speaking against the Warriors. And again, this is where I'm like, damn it! I know you don't want Chemezi Metu hitting shooting threes. I, I know it was never really a realistic thing to rely on. And there's Chemezi Metu fans out there that say, you just wait. And I'm like, yeah, and I, I don't have that much time on my hands. But Yeah, exactly. It would be so big if he could hit threes. Or at least be a little convincing. Granted, I'll give him credit. I think we've only seen him force like two, like a handful of threes this season. Like it's really low. As opposed to when you were watching him last season, it's like every opportunity he had to put up a three, he would do it. But I don't know. I'm just complaining at this point. I'm just listing all the discrepancies with the personnel behind Sabonis for the five. Yeah, it's bad. And it's funny because Metu, when we even brought him in, um, man, I don't even remember when we brought Metu in. Was it during the pandemic? He's been on this team for a minute. This is definitely the most play he's ever gotten. But it's like he kind of went from like a stretch four to like a backup five who (laughs) like regularly shoots threes. Um, so his roles change, and like I applaud him for that because he should—he's not a stretch for no matter. I don't even know why anyone thought he was the way he shoots the ball. Terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I, like of course it'd be great if he made him, but he doesn't, and so I'm, <laughs> the less he takes, I'm happy with it. And you can't really change that in the playoffs, unfortunately. I mean, it'd be huge if he just became like a like automatic <laughs> D. But I think we've seen Metu enough in Sacramento to know, even though. We want to say he's a stretch big. He's really not. And calling him a stretch big is more of like a liability. Yeah. It, it's uh, untimely that the backup five arc has all of a sudden accelerated to the front of the, the discourse again. But it is, it is weird that Mati kind of just disappeared, considering he was the go-to all year. My theory is, like, do you remember, is like the end of December, he lost his job and then he got it back in like the second week of January? And I think yeah. for those first several games back he played with kind of like a renewed sense of um i don't want to say purpose but he kind of had like a clear-eyed view of where his what his place was on the floor what he does well and what he can do well to help this team so i don't know <laughs> well, i wouldn't be surprised if this is like let's just try to light that fire under chemezi <laughs> i mean that fire under him i mean you know like we're not let's not put him in against minnesota let's just <laughs> Light that fire underneath him and, and see what he does against Portland. Anything at this point. <laughs> I don't know, though. I'm just, that is totally speculation and went straight out my yeah. ass. Yeah. Oh, well. But, I don't know either. I guess we'll find out come playoff time if he plays or not. Yeah. Stay tuned for the playoffs. I don't know if you guys were going to do that. Yeah. Did you know we're going to probably make the playoffs? The Kings are going to be in the playoffs. The Kings are making the playoffs this year? I know. That's like our podcast. Huge. <laughs> 
you know, I was doing a little bit of snooping online, and I found out that the Kings, they, they're on the cusp of clinching a playoff spot. Who knew? Unreal. Unreal. Kings about to make the playoffs. Still don't have a backup five. Just imagine <laughs> what they can do once they have a backup five. It's so, it sounds so, it's so weird because it's like a backup five with Sabonis. It's like that guy plays eight to 12 minutes, I feel like. Yeah. It's like, like so little time. just need you. Uh, and that's why I kind of almost buy into that little stupid theory I had that it's like they're just trying to light a fire under Chemezi Metu because that's what you want is you want that energy. You want that, 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 uh, that kind of uh, just let it all out on the floor for those eight minutes or whatever um, because it is such a short stint. Where did where did Nerlens Noel go? Brooklyn. What? Why would he go to Brooklyn? Whatever. Uh, he's not even playing. I mean, he kind of sucks. <laughs> Fourteen minutes a game. <laughs> he's shooting sixteen percent. Three. I like him. It takes a bit to get mixed mixed into things, but I I almost really kind of like that kind of as a backup to Cla- to Claxton. Yeah, Claxton's good. I like Claxton. But it's like, why not? I mean, is Brooklyn even in the... I don't even know. Is Brooklyn in the playoff? Now I just sound like really stupid. I think they are. They're like the, the fifth or sixth seed in the East. Still. Wow. Back on, baby. What's up, Jacques? Yeah, they're the yeah. sixth seed. They're the probably New York team is 5-6, baby. Yeah. Damn. It's like how the top four. That's all you need to worry about in the Eastern Conference. Oh, yeah. More like top two. I mean, Phil, I think Philadelphia is at least put themselves ahead of what I thought they were going to be. I hate Philadelphia. You know who else I hate? I hate Rudy Gobert. I could not stand watching that guy on Monday. It's like... What do you not like about Rudy Gobert? I'm interested. What do I not like? He looks like a fucking whiner. It's all he seems to do. <laughs> do you, don't you think people would say that about Domas Savonis, though? Yeah, I, I hate Domas's whining, though. I hate it. I'm like, dude, stop it. Stop whining, because... I because I can't bit, defend you. I can't I think, a, I think a little bit's out of his control. I don't think he knows that the expression on his face looks like, so it, dumb. It's just, it kind of looks like a kid on the playground. I think it's yeah. funny. I find, I find it humorous. I'm, I'm honestly sick of Fox and Sabonis' whining. I always just hate that. I always hate that in players, and now it's like, man, I can't, I can't even speak anymore because you guys are just crybabies. I think no. it's I think it's stupid that um I, while I do think it from an outside perspective I do think NBA refs do a decent job of like if they fuck up for a while and they're giving too many whistles to somebody else do a pretty good job of listening to the critique and going back the other way but then in the same light it's like why the fuck do you have to do that why don't you just call the game the way it is I know <laughs> yeah just, it is it is stupid. frustrating so I, I really, by by that standard, I think it puts players in a position where they more emboldened and they feel like there's actually a strategy to doing that. And uh, mm-hmm. it just kind of spirals out of control at that point. Because you'd see it with yeah. Fox all the time. He's just arms out. Just kind of dribble into the middle of the paint, put up a shot and wait for contact. Like, Where is it? Like, yeah. is that the kind he, of game? He does do that a lot. so good at what you do. Why are you doing that? Yeah, but, I agree. I think I was I was looking at a chart the other day, too. It's like free throw, um, what's the word, like disparities? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, the, like who's had the most free throws um, <laughs> and who's had, like, against, like, their opposed. <laughs> Man, I am I'm just explaining this so bad. So it's like one, so say if you, I have 10 free throws and you only had five this game, like, the disparity would be five, right? 
Am I saying this right? Yeah, like the difference. The difference. The free throw difference. There we go. Differential. <laughs> yeah, the differential. Boom. That's the word. That was exactly the word I was looking for. So I think the Lakers were like number one by like an absurd amount. But then the Kings were like number three. In terms of having positive differential? For having positive differential, yeah. I think it was um, Lakers won, someone two, then the Kings three. Like, as in, like, they had more calls than their opponent by right, the third right. most in the National Basketball Association. Well, there you go. I mean, how many times did they get to the line against Minnesota? Like, 40 times? Um, 40 times. They had 40 free throw attempts against Minnesota. They had 40 free throws on Monday? Yes. Wow. Minnesota had 34, no so it was... Neck and neck. Okay, at least it was equal. That's a lot, though. Forty. Jeez. When the Kings ever go for you? How many? What did they shoot? Uh, let me pull that up. I don't have that down. Why is it impossible to? Oh. <laughs> when you look up on Google, you're like Kings Timberwolves. It'll, it'll show you a game from January. Yeah, yeah that's the one. I'm, that's the one I'm looking up. Um. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. I'm just kind of wondering. I, I mean, we know what the issue was. It was. Um, it was the free throws. I mean, it was a three-point shooting. Okay, I can't even find it. But, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, a bad shooting night's going to happen. You play better defense. I still think all that's avoided. Sounded like that's what Mike Brown thought, too. But Yeah, the, the defense, too, is like, they just could not get a stop when they needed one. Like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Just get a stop. But, I mean, what's new, right? blow by I just, love, I, just, uh, I just love it when katie christensen goes like i really love the way the kings are scrambling i'm like they shouldn't have to be scrambling every play like this i don't know why you're saying that i just, why is kevin herter and keegan murray getting blown by every two seconds like uh, let's, let's get a hold of that yeah let's uh let's, let's keep that to a minimum yeah it is they're just it's not really a knock on them either because i think they've both had really good defensive moments over the last couple of weeks i just think it's about learning to play with the same intensity and physicality or again as as mike brown says for as close to 48 minutes as possible yeah but speaking oh. of the playoffs playoffs these um, are in, going to the playoffs playoffs really oh my god kings the los angeles game? are we talking about hockey yeah for real Remember I, I i told a girl that i uh do like like uh it called sports writing. She said, what do you uh, write about? I go, I write about basketball. She's like, what do you, do you like, cover a team? I'm like, yeah, I cover the Kings. She's like, is that a hockey team? <laughs> like, yeah, it is, but uh, it's also a basketball team. <laughs> That's amazing, people, though. I'm, I'm amazed that a girl, nonetheless, would know a hockey team over a basketball team. Now, she's a big hockey fan. I don't know. I don't think she was. Um, but... Speaking of the playoffs, Draymond Green would like to play the Kings. Before people freak out, it's not for the same reason that the Lakers want to play the Kings, which honestly, I can't blame the Lakers for wanting to play a team without playoff experience, but you don't say that out loud. You don't <laughs> give the added motivation. But uh, Draymond Green was just speaking honestly and said, well, wouldn't it be nice to, to cut the travel out of things? And... Uh, you know, be, what, 70 miles away on Interstate 80? Um, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, when you when you kind yeah. of read a headline, it's like, oh, Draymond Green wants to play the, the Kings in the first round, you know? You could just feel all the Kings fans get all defensive, and rightfully so. Then you, 
you you read the fine print and you're like oh i guess uh i guess that's interesting yeah i mean sure <laughs> i mean <laughs> i guess i guess that is nice we should just sweep we should just play them and sweep them and then we can start calling uh i mean it was the oracle but the chase center like remember when it used to be arco west oracle yeah sorry it's like just sweep them it's like, yeah it's arco west just after one series yeah, just after one series. So yeah, we own we own this we we own NorCal. It's like uh, what uh, the Forty Wins Baby uh, trio said. I don't know why I always say Forty Wins Baby. The Forty <laughs> Wins Trio. The Forty like, Wins Baby. Like we Sacramento or Bay Area Sacramento, we take it over. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, I mean sure. You know. I mean, that'd be nice for both teams, I guess. It would be. I mean, we, we do have home court advantage, so maybe like maybe we want to play someone with a bunch of travel. Yeah. I guess we'd have to be traveling just as much. Really, that's a that's a good point, though. I guess um, would give either the Kings or the Warriors an advantage in the next series they play. Whoever wins, that's a good point. That is true. So, I but do the Kings really? Does anybody want to go into the playoffs and be like, "Yeah, I want to play the Warriors"? Like that'd just be stupid. You don't say yeah, that. That, that, don't that say is, that uh, yeah, it's definitely not a, probably not something you want. The defending champions, no matter what seed they are at the moment, they're uh, <laughs> you know Steph Curry, Draymond, and Clay are four-time NBA champions for a reason. So is Steve Kerr as a coach, you know. So it would, um, yeah. I don't know. Like, what, what's your dream? Like who would who do you want to play in the first round? Like that's around there right now. I mean, don't say the Rockets. That's the <laughs> thing with the yeah right. The San Antonio. I know Pop has a lot of good experience and he gets his guys playing the right way. But I really think that if the Kings could play San Antonio in the first round, they'd have a really easy time. Um, Let's see who's, he, who's even in. Well, here? looking at it, I mean, you're going to either run into teams like you know Minnesota, like we kind of highlighted. There's a lot of issues. The Warriors have a lot of experience. The, you know, if the Suns fell to the sixth seed, you'd have that issue. The Clippers are one of those teams where I feel like, I think you said it would be interesting and wouldn't be so out of a matchup. Because the Pelicans, and just like the Timberwolves, are on fire right now. The Lakers are kind of a dangerous team. So if I had to funnel it down, either like if I was the Kings and I was keeping this to myself, I'd be probably okay with seeing... I don't, I don't even want to say the Clippers, though. I mean, isn't Paul gonna, George out? I don't know, but I was going to say the Clippers, too. I was going to say, you know, uh, I was going to give a cop-out answer and be like, Oklahoma City? <laughs> the tensity, they just move up. Utah? Dallas? If any of those it, teams can make it's it. It's crazy Dallas is not even in the plane at this moment. That's insane. I would really say something if they just finished in the 11th spot, didn't even get to playing basketball that'd be, that'd be amazing it'd be so great it's um, it's still amazing to me the idea that the warriors could be a playing team yeah i don't know they haven't been that good this year no no i mean what are they the uh they're nine and 29 on the road yeah it's, it's real bad nine and 20 the only other two teams in the western conference that have single digit win totals at home are san antonio and houston dang sounds like golden state should move to texas yeah Honestly, but, oh, uh, I, this, this is the thing. It's like I, that's why I kind of thought it was funny what Draymond said because it's just like yeah, you're right. He's it's the only context. 
That's the only context. It's the only reason you should want to play a team in the playoffs. I mean, like, the Eastern Conference, obviously, it's like, I think the Bucks are going to be okay playing the Hawks or the Raptors in the first round. They're going to be fine. <laughs> you know? Well, well, you know what? It's like, well, of course, I mean, not even if the Warriors are that bad on the road, of course they want to play the Kings because they'll probably have the most fans at those events or those arenas, well, you know? There's another that arena. Too. Warriors may have the worst home record of the playoff teams, or at least the prospective playoff teams in the West. I mean, really the whole league. Home Um, record or road record? Did I say? I meant road record if I said home. But um, of the top four teams, well, thanks. Of the top four teams in the Western Conference, and now I'm kind of splitting hairs here because it's not the whole thing, but the top four teams in the Western Conference, who has the worst home record? The Sacramento Kings. Do they? yeah, they're they're twenty three and sixteen. Out of the top, out of the top four teams in the West, Dallas, the or four. They yeah. said the top fourteen. I'm I like, told you, what? I'm splitting hairs here. I'm splitting yeah, hairs to make a you point. You are splitting hairs. I don't want to have to keep saying it, but um, I don't know. The Kings don't. They they oh man, they do need to take advantage of home court. They don't. That's what I'm saying with that whole thing in front of Minnesota. It's just like yeah. we're in front of the crowd trying to take on Minnesota. It's just like I see. Yeah, you're right. You, they don't. They haven't. Like, this year. They've been on, on the road. Yeah. Maybe we no no we let's just drop down the five seed and let's not have home court advantage. Our first <laughs> our first playoff series or at all. Just drop down to the drop the, the next the, seven the eighth seed. We're just gonna go play in and just win it. Be the eighth seed. You won't have home court advantage all until the yeah never. Really? <laughs> be perfect. They'll win the finals. Man. That is interesting, though. You're right. I, I, can, I see your point now a little better with Minnesota. Like they, they do not take advantage of that home crowd. And this is one of the best crowds in the NBA. I mean, mm-hmm. that, one of those Jazz games when Herter hit that three to take the lead. It was like, the, the, day before, it was like the 30th of December, was it? Yeah. Like it's somewhere like, around New Year's. That was crazy for a game in December. That crowd was roaring, and they've been roaring all year. So, yeah. and yeah, the Kings. I mean, you want to be better than twenty three and sixteen as the fourth seed too. I mean, they could they could be pushing for that first seed, like five more wins, right? Twenty eight and eleven, which I mean, they should be honestly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I mean, don't don't lose sight of the fact that the Kings also. I mean, it is. No, I'm losing right that. off of that. They got the 22 and 14 away record, which is extremely good. And I don't. I think the only yeah. other team that has a the only other teams that have winning records on the road are, I think, Denver and the Clippers. Western Conference, that is. That's only one game over 500 that I looked yeah. at. Yeah. So it's like the Kings are among the very best at the Western Conference. I, like you, you don't want to say they're terrible at home. They're good at home. I mean, they're seven games above five hundred at home. But it's just like, I guess if you are going to focus on that, it's you can't ignore the fact that they are undeniably the best road team in the league. Mm-hmm. In the West, in the Western Conference, because uh, the Bucks and the Celtics have quite good away records as well. And even the Seventy Sixers, they're twenty three and fifteen. But Tony hates Philadelphia. God forbid I bring them up. <laughs> hate the Sixers. I hate Harden, I hate Embiid, and I hate Philadelphia. I want to see the Philadelphia 76ers go to the finals and lose. Just give them the trifecta. Uh, Second place. Man. <laughs> man, that is hella true. You're right, Philadelphia is 0-2 this year. Philly! 
in the finals or whatever you want to call it. And hopefully Northern California team can beat them in the finals. Still not over that NFC Championship game. Sorry, the Kings will do it. Sacramento, Kings, baby! Kings-Philly finals. I would actually, I feel like, would be a pretty bad matchup for the Kings, no offense. Oh, yeah. The, the two games against Philadelphia this season were not pretty games. Although, to be <laughs> fair, the second one, I think, was the second of a back-to-back, and they were really tired. Which is the same thing with the Celtics thing. Is it's like, it's a damn shame the Kings have played some really good teams, but, like, on the worst possible scenario for rest. Yeah. And I know it is kind of a bummer. That's why, like, we were talking about last week. Might as well just start resting, guys. I mean, it's too late. <laughs> but, I mean, they should have. Well, okay. That's a good transition to another topic I got. Yeah, spill it out. So, Malik Monk, in the first 13 games after the All-Star break, came out on a tear. 14.8 points per game on 50.4% from the field and an even 50% from three, with 4.3 assists and three rebounds per game. Now, in his last five, uh, he's averaging 9.8 points per game on 29.8% from the field. 22.2% 22.2% from three, only 2.4 assists per game, and 1.8 rebounds. Now, granted, one of those five games, he did get ejected early, what, against the uh, Utah Jazz? Like, early in 2000 minutes. Early. It was the third quarter. Really? Like, yeah. Like half, okay. It was essentially half his time out there is what okay. I mean. Um, but still, the shooting splits uh, kind of speak for itself. The assist thing is kind of surprising because he's always maintained about you know, like 3.84 assists per game all season. Again, it's only five games. Well, I- no. Let me tell you. Let me just jump in. You said 13 games after the All-Star break he was doing well. In the last five, he's been bad? Yeah. Okay, and how many games are left in the season? Seven. Perfect. I'm, tell- this is what I'm, gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why this is the best thing that can be happening for the Kings. Because he's getting out. Because I've said this all year, Malik Monk is streaky as hell. He's streaky as hell. He's gonna be on a tear, but then right after that, he's gonna suck. And guess what? He was on his tear. He's gonna suck for the next seven for twelve games, five plus seven, and then right in time for the playoffs, he's gonna heat back up. So I'm, I'm happy with it, honestly. <laughs> There's no fighting it. I'm, I'm telling you. It's, it, it, as a guy who played recreational pickup basketball, I understand streakiness. I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to explain this as a like an NBA guy going to the playoffs, but it's like, I mean, you just have to watch the guy. He's gonna find it, but he's gonna he is literally gonna suck for the next probably at least another five games. You won't you won't even see like a decent game in between. He's just gonna be he's not he's gonna be awful, and that's okay because you want him hot for the playoffs. Um, and that's Malik Monk. That's just kind of who you have to deal with as a player and hope he play makes in other ways. But usually everything falls apart at the same time with that guy. Um, I think that's an interesting take, but I would add this element to it. This is something yeah. that I saw when I saw this. Now, consider the fact that out of the All-Star break, you're coming off of a, a, a period of rest. Um, so he played 13 really good games off a period of rest. Now, that period of rest was extended by the fact that he had that ankle sprain against Dallas before the break. So he missed, I think, the last two games before the break. Maybe it was just the last game and a half. But, you know, of course, you're dealing with an ankle injury, but still you're off your feet for a little bit at a time. Um, And now you've played 13 games, and as we know, uh, 
they've been playing a lot of these games in a small stretch of time, lots of back-to-backs, three and four nights type things. I, I would almost say that uh, this is why I wanted to transition to it, to this topic off of the notion of resting Kings players. Um, maybe he just needs to take a few off, you know? And of course, he's yeah, not going to say that. But it, it seemed like when he went through his kind of like initial kind of big slump, what was that in like late November into December? Maybe I'm making that up. We're not getting that exactly right. Yeah, I can't it remember. Kind of seemed Just... like he was a little tired. You know, Mike Brown had didn't say he'd been hurting, but whenever the whole thing about Monk's slumping or shooting slump, uh, Mike Brown would always say something to the effect of like, well, you know, guys are always kind of, at this point in the year, they're always dealing with different nagging injuries and little nicks and bruises like that here and there so you know you can't help wondering whether or not that plays into it you can't really deny it i mean if he's saying it affects everybody then it's affecting monk and that's got to be a a partial reason as to why he's um, going through a bit of a slump so i would almost say that once you they're going to clinch a playoff spot it seems like they're going to clinch a spot in the top four it really doesn't seem like that three spots going anywhere i mean like maybe the kings can overtake the grizzlies the grizzlies have really well getting everybody back essentially i don't want to like mess with the groove but a couple you saw kevin herter get a couple day get three games off with his leg injury comes back and he's playing really good basketball he kind of already had been playing good basketball before that but i don't know i I think something to a little um quick restart like a soft reset or a quick uh, recharge if you will i mean might as well rest them didn't brown step in and said fox wasn't playing what like a month ago against okc or something where it's like no, yeah, you're with the hamstring yeah yeah so it's like maybe you just step in here because i don't think malik's the type of guy to be like like send me out coach he's just not that type of guy so maybe it is up to brown to go in it's like no nah. you're, you're sitting out the next game or two uh you know because i mean king's really just need you ready for the playoffs and be at full strength and if malik if a injury is nagging him now rest him Get him, get him ready. So, but we'll see. I mean, I also just think he's streaky. <laughs> and he'll yeah, be yeah, okay. I think you're you're totally right about that. Um, it was like something you said last week was like when you see Malik Monk miss those first like couple shots, you just know it's not going to happen. And I feel like that happened against Boston, and it happened against Minnesota the other night. It made me think. Yeah, think of this as a topic. It, it's just so true. He misses the first two or three jumpers at least. I mean, layups are layups. He's an athletic guy. It's like those if those jumpers aren't falling, you can you can I can promise you he's not going to make a three. You know, maybe a mid range, but it's a big part of his game is the jump shot. So when that's not going, it's not going. Yeah. So we'll have to see with him because he'll be kind of critical in the playoffs. Oh yeah, <laughs> very critical. To say. Um, and I, I think the playoffs for him, I think it would amplify him even more. I think I think he's one of those guys who I could see turning it up to the next level and staying there. I think that's just the type of guy he is who's going to rise to the occasion. I mean, I, I can't really say from experience. I don't even know if the guy's ever made the playoffs. I was going to say, I don't think he, he has, has he? But he seems, I, I just the type, the way he plays, I think his enthusiasm, the way he plays so electric. And I think he just, he has fun at the end of the day. And I think that's good for players in like a stressful situation. So I, I do think he's a guy who's going to play well in the playoffs. I could see it. That'd be a hell of a time to turn it on again. Um, thinking about giving people time off and I guess that would mean someone would have to step up. Somebody who stepped up on, 
against the against the Jazz on what was that the Saturday night with Aaron Fox out with the hamstring injury. Uh, Matthew Dellavedova had some great minutes in the backup point guard role, as he so often does. I'm not gonna say I'm surprised, but I've always wondered. You know, and it's not like he plays a ton, so it's not like he's taking a toll on his body, but. Yeah, you know, you always kind of wonder, like, well, what happens when the game really starts to speed up? Will it affect him at all? And it's just like, this guy's just fine out there. Just absolutely terrific. Won the defensive player of the game chain, even though, you know, as Mike Brown has said, it seems like, or I think Del Vadova said it himself. He said that the chain pretty much belongs to Davion Mitchell. So, And Davion That's Mitchell nice probably, probably should have won at that game, but it was, it, you know, they're spreading the love around. I don't know. I know you really love Matthew Del Vadova. I know I really like Matthew Del Vadova. I know a lot of fans really like Matthew Delvadova. I, I feel like this is a nice opportunity just to remind everybody that this guy is uh, more than a third point guard. That he's more than Matthew Delvadova. He's the whole delicatessen. Whatever yeah, meat you the- want, whatever cheese, type of bread, marble rye, you got it. Matthew Delvadova. Yeah. He gives you a little bit of everything. I do. I said this. This is like when I'm looking back. It's like a season review almost. It's like, you know, I said he was going to be perfect for the third <laughs> the third string point guard because he's like he's going to embrace that third string point guard role so well. It's just something you can really appreciate it. Cuz like no one wants to be third string, but he does. Maybe he doesn't. He still embraces it. He's great at coming in like in his sporadic minutes he's had through the season. I love that guy. I've always loved him. I mean, ever since he's guarded Steph in the playoffs in 16. Try not to love that guy, but yeah, I think one of the things that comes to mind just there is the thing that uh, you'll hear Katie Christensen note a lot, which is he would have made a lot more money had he stayed playing for Melbourne in Australia. He took less money to come be a third point guard, essentially a player coach, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. That guy just—he's the Kings's Udonis Haslam. He's you know, the it's interesting. Haslam of Sacramento. I think. Um, Damian Lillard just said, like, it kind of, I just saw it in passing, but I think he was saying something about things that have changed in the league. There's, like, not as much respect for, like, old guard players. Like, you don't see as many vets on teams. It's like, when I heard that, I was like, oh, like you said, Haslam in Miami or uh, Iguodala in Golden State or uh, Delvadova in Sacramento. You know? Yeah. Those guys provide that veteran presence you know, you see what Del Vadova does just talking to Terrence Davis, you know, or his ability to constantly talk to guys on the bench, or talk to guys out on the floor from the bench, kind of like a coach. And I don't know. I, I just feel like every team should want a guy like that. And if they can play and kind of step in the way Del Vadova can, the way, I mean, I think, I, I don't know about Iguodala at this age, and I don't think they really ever expect Haslam to play, but... You know, that's just money. That's just butter on top of that biscuit at that point. And mm-hmm. Deli. I, lo- I love that addition to Sacramento. And yeah, the Kings are have one of the younger teams in the league, but you need that veteran presence. Him and Barnes are clearly the veterans of the team. And I mean, that's that's definitely guidance you need and leadership you need on and off the court. Perfect. What if we faced the Warriors in the first round and then when we just threw out Deli on Steph? I don't know. Can Delhi still do that? I don't. <laughs> he would. He would. He would go back to the hospital due yeah. to exhaustion. <laughs> to, to do it. I was, know he would. <laughs> he would totally try to do it. But yeah, yeah. I think being ten years older uh, in your mid thirties is a little different than being in your mid twenties. 
but he would don't he would put his life on the line to try to oh yeah just to make everything tougher for Steph Curry. Yeah, I I would love to see even just like a small glimpse of that. Even just him like guarding him for one possession would be. I think though, I think I mean it's weird because it's Matthew Del Vadova, but I feel like the NBA would be watching that possession. Just because it, it was be. such a historical thing that happened. I mean that was that was Steph two time unanimous MVP getting locked down by a little Australian Matthew Del Vadova. The altered series. series. Yeah, yeah. Big time. All right, Draymond, we want to see you now. Arco you West. Are- you want to travel less? I want to see Delhi get on Steph. Well, not hey. Delhi get on Steph. That sounds kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Either way, we love you, Delhi. Delhi! What's up, Del? Del Computers. Matthew Del. <laughs> DV. Matthew Del Taco. What's up? But uh, you brought up uh, brought up uh, Harrison Barnes there. And, uh, did I? He oh yeah, I did. mentioned him in in reference to playoff and championship leadership. experience Harry. and that kind of leadership. Harry Barnes, yeah, yeah, Harry Barnes. Yeah, sorry, no, that's all right. Um, no, you can join me whenever you're free to speak up. Whenever you know, this is we're co-hosts. You know, but, uh, uh, I would like Harris- to think that I'm the host. I'm just and you're sh- just like a just schmo guy I bring on. The the expert that has no expertise <laughs> is me. Um, but uh, on the notion of Harrison Barnes, just over the last three games, I think against Phoenix, he scored, he had like a really big kind of fourth quarter. I think he scored 11 points in the fourth quarter. And I think against Utah, he had a, he had a pretty nice second half after a quiet first half. And then um, against Minnesota most recently, he kind of got it going in the first quarter, getting the offense on track for the first time in the game, it felt like, by getting inside. I think he was the guy that initiated um, the attack inside that kind of bounced the ship, as it were, in the first quarter there against Minnesota. And it just kind of illustrates the point that Harrison Barnes doesn't always have to be a heavy offensive production type guy at all times but that he can fill in when necessary, that he can kind of take command when necessary, when things are kind of depleted in other areas, and step up. So with that kind of role in mind, or responsibility in mind, what do you see for him come the playoffs? Do you think that that's something that's going to be expanded? Like, is he going to have to step up more? Is he going to step up more? Or is it going to be about the same? Kind of an open-ended question. But I mean, like, what are you expecting from Harrison Barnes uh, the one guy in the nightly rotation with championship experience. I know. You know what's crazy? You're talking about Harrison Barnes on the playoffs. His last playoff game was a game seven of the NBA Finals. And <laughs> he has not been back since. It's crazy. <laughs> He's probably missing that like, badly right now. Yeah. He, went to, he went to the playoffs every year in Golden State and two finals appearances, right? His four years in... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, and he thrived in the playoffs. Every time it was playoff time, he'd shoot. He'd he turn into a three point shooter. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't believe he's probably so excited. If anyone's excited, it's Harrison Barnes, really. And you probably won't ever see it on his face, but he's probably yearning to get back to the postseason. But um, from what I expect from Barnes is, I mean, I mean, definitely that veteran guy who has that playoff experience, even though he's been <laughs> five years removed from it now or something. Man, even longer. It was 2016. So what? Seven years? Seven, yeah. Man, 
That's crazy. Um, but, you know, he's still that veteran guy with that playoff experience. I mean, you of course, you'd hope he can step up. I mean, yeah, maybe you put a load a little more on his back. The game is going to slow down. Harrison Barnes is more of that half-court guy. Probably one of the better half-court guys on the team, I'd say. He can play it slow, slow it down, get to the line when you need him to. I think that's going to be important. Like, when you need a bucket, yeah, like, Fox is your guy. But, I mean, Harrison Barnes is right behind him. He's... He's great one-on-one, great work on, working in the post on smaller guys. So I think that's where you're really going to see him shine is in those situations. And like you said, you he needs to knock down threes at a high rate, at a high clip during the playoffs. And, I mean, he didn't definitely did not do that during the, the finals. <laughs> the last time he was in the playoffs, he was terrible, I remember. One of mm-hmm. the reasons Golden State lost. But has elevated his game in the postseason, can hit the threes well, so... That's kind of what I'm expecting to see. A little, little bit bigger of a role just because of the slower pace of play that the playoffs bring. And he's a guy who will excel in that half-court kind of game. Yeah. I mean, those moments where he has to step up, I think those are going to be amplified in the playoffs, especially amongst a team that doesn't have as much playoff experience. It'll be imperative that he does not hesitate to you know, take control. Obviously, you have two superstars fox and sabonis so that really makes it helpful um and hopefully that kind of allows things to uh like maybe let him pick up where he left off in the playoffs uh playing alongside such talented guys he's obviously gonna have to be huge for the kings in the he, playoffs he needs to be the third best player i mean i think he is already but he's really gonna be the third best player in the playoffs yeah it's really gonna gonna like where is where he'll 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 make an impact with the scoring one game he'll make the impact maybe with a little bit of defense in another game and then he'll make like an impact on the boards in another game and it's like a varied impact from game to game moment to moment i think he's it's gonna just require a little bit more from him because i mean he in a lot of ways i mean just down to experience he's the guy i mean he's the guy that's been there that's done it and i think one of the things that he does really well is leads by example and uh that'll be huge come playoff time mm-hmm. and whatnot and, uh, yeah it will be and it, whenever valuable. he gets aggressive he just it's it's the right move and so it's just the absolute right type of aggression and that'll be critical uh, in terms of leading by example um, yeah it's one of those things where i think you know i think a lot of people appreciate harrison barnes but the playoffs is really going to be the opportunity to and uh, underscore that you need big production from Fox, Sabonis, and Barnes, and not Duh. like big Barnes production, but like he needs to be, he needs to be on his A game for sure. Yeah, I guess we're not really stating anything new at that point, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got the playoffs coming up. The, it's uh here in late March. You watching March Madness? No, and neither am I. <laughs> I'm not I'm a not big watching single game. I've never cared not, for it. Not really a big college basketball guy as it is, um, except when like. Draft season comes along, and then I have to pretend to be. Uh, <laughs> but apparently, Darren Fox isn't a huge fan of watching college basketball either. He said, uh, you know, like, something to the effect of, you know, the the, sh- the shot making is obviously not as good, the refereeing is not as good, and the coaching is not as good. It's not really something that he want to wa- wants to watch. And a lot of people give him flack for that, calling college basketball the purest form of the game. Uh, what do you, what do, you, do you have any initial reactions? Do you agree with Darren Fox? Do you think it's that big of a deal that he said that? I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, if I said it, no one would care. Cause, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, it's like I don't like college basketball. It's just like, 
I have the option between NBA and college. I'm choosing NBA 10 times out of 10. It's just better players, better athletes. I'd rather watch that. Um, and that's, I mean, that's my main reason. <laughs> it's, just, it's just better basketball. I get it, college basketball, it's its purest form. But, I mean, I'd rather watch the top athletes, you know, play. It's like, why do you, like, it'd be like, well, I don't watch the XFL. I only watch the NFL. Like, I don't like the XFL. It's like, yeah, clearly. I don't see you watching minor league baseball, you know, or the G League. Like, what, what, I, think, I mean, different. I think a better comparison would be yeah, like, you me. know how Texas is really into high school football? Yeah. That's their thing, and that's fine. And that's probably the purest, purest form of football. It's just like, it's not everything, everybody's, everybody's thing. And just from Fox's standpoint, it's like, I don't know. Would you expect someone who's like one of the best at what he does I don't want to say stoop down to watch college basketball or stoop down to like absorb it, but like, can't you kind of see how it would be a little unpleasant for him to watch given his place in the preeminent league? You want him to lie and say that college basketball is this great game to watch? A lot of people agree with him. And I, I kind of appreciated the fact that he was honest about it because you always hear these things about like, oh, it's March Madness, everybody's watching their, you know, alma mater and stuff like that. I'm like, do they care that much? Do they really care that much at this point in their lives? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, I'm an alma mater of Sac State, and honestly, personally, I, I didn't really care when they're doing well in the playoffs as a football team or being well. I'm like, it's cool. But I'm like, not sitting down watching the games on ESPN when they were on ESPN. It's like I didn't watch games then, and I'm probably not gonna watch them now. It's like good for them. Like I'm happy for them. Happier than like another school being dead. But it's like I just, you know. It wasn't my thing. It just isn't. So, I, I, I mean, I guess it's just preference. I've met guys who only watch college basketball and don't watch NBA basketball. It's just what you like, I suppose. I'm like, yeah, Fox played college. Doesn't mean he has to like it. And done, baby. Well, the Kings make the playoffs? We don't know. We don't know tonight. We will know tonight. We'll know tomorrow. As we speak, we, me and John... John... When people listen tomorrow, are, will the Kings have clinched a playoff spot? I don't know. I don't know because they're playing in Golden. They're playing in San Francisco. But, the, but the against Pelicans a good Pelicans team, yeah. And but luckily it's on TNT, so at least we can follow along. Unlike the, well, I don't know, the Suns game a couple nights ago where they won. Um, anyways, I don't. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I wish we could, I wish they, I wish they just clinched on Monday and we could be talking about it right now. Um, no, it really ruined the uh, everything all planned for that to be uh, all about the clinch. And no, yeah, but well, I mean, I can assure you, and watch this not happen. I can assure you by the next time we talk, the Kings will have ended their 16 year playoff drought officially, and we will have. Already probably celebrated by then. We could be celebrating today, but no. But, are you going to um, celebrate if the Warriors lose? Are you going to like go out and get a drink or something? I, I had Warriors champagne lost? ready on Monday, honestly. So yeah, I'm just going to pop some champagne. I still might just do it. Just like, because I mean, regardless, it's a big moment. I, I hate to say how boring it would be <laughs> the Kings just clinched by a Warriors loss, but it's like, that's 16 years, you know? And so it's like, something i've been waiting for for a long time 
And then, I mean, you can't do it if the port if they beat Portland. Like whatever, they already clinched. This was li- literally be the one time to really celebrate, I guess. But we'll see. I, I, I feel lame doing it. Yeah, Golden or New Orleans, baby, let's go. You know, <laughs> you'd be rooting for them tonight, technically. But I don't know. It's we'll see. I'll let you know next week if I pop the <laughs> campaign tonight if the Pelicans win. Oh, I'm anxiously awaiting that news. Yes, but the Kings do have two games in Portland, one on Thursday. No, one today on Wednesday and one on Friday. So just in case they don't they didn't clinch tonight, I guess I mean, I just watch them as just have clinched, and that's what I'm saying now. It's just useless. But they have a chance, chance to clinch Wednesday. Today. <laughs> Today. I'm all confused now. I always hate recording and then posting it the next day. Here, here, you know, it hurts my brain. But, John, anyways, wrap it up for me. I'm done speaking. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But um, I think the two games up in Portland are kind of big just because Portland is the epitome of a team that's totally checked out with Lillard yes. done for the season. It's an absolutely disappointing season for them. And I just want to, not, not like we were alone on this, but it's like, remember when the win total for like the over-under got announced and it was like 32.5 or 33.5 for the Kings? And they had like mm-hmm. Portland like 37, 38 wins or something. Like Portland was supposed to be better than the Kings. I, I thought it was so stupid. I'm just like, I don't see how anybody thinks Portland's better than Sacramento. Like I still thought Sacramento had something to prove, but I just did not. I'm like, I don't know how you make that argument that they're better than Sacramento. Chauncey Billups is their coach. What the hell is he yeah. ever done? Um, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll be looking for a new coach. I don't actually know about that. I don't know if there's rumors about that. For all we know, they just stick around and stick with him. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Or I guess there's also talk that Lillard might... I can't really see Lillard going anywhere else. But. Yeah, that don't even get me started on Lillard. <laughs> As we I think we did that last week. Yeah, yeah and I, I could do it again this week. <laughs> but I'm not well, going to. We'll, we'll leave it at that um, for the sake of brevity. And, uh, yeah. But those two games up in Portland, you got to win those. Yeah, just, there's they, no excuse to lose those. Yeah, it should be easier wins that they've had lately. But, yeah, well, as always, I want to thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, have a good one.